Today, I'd like to direct your attention in your Bible to the book of John chapter 20, the fourth gospel, John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb And we do not know where they have laid him. I would like to speak to you today and talk to you about what you should do when you can't find God. What to do when you can't find God. Have you ever lost God? Have you ever been at a place in your life when... You could not feel him, and it seemed that you could not find him. It can be overwhelming when it feels like you cannot grasp God in your spirit in any way. I'm not suggesting that you do not believe that God exists. That's another important message for another day. And certainly there are people who question God's existence And there are some that believe that God exists, but that He is impersonal and unknowable. Actually, it is an absurd question for the creation to question the existence of the Creator. God has revealed Himself through creation in our conscience. He's revealed Himself through His Word, the Bible, and He's revealed Himself by His Holy Spirit. Now... There are people who loved God and believed in God, but went through seasons in their life when they felt like they could not find Him. The Bible is an honest book. It tells it like it is. The biblical writers were honest about their search for God. Psalm 10, the psalmist asked the question, Why are you standing far off? And why are you hiding in times of trouble? David asked the Lord, How long will you forget, O Lord, forever? And how long will you hide your face from me? Psalm 89, he asked again, Will you hide yourself forever? There were times when the men and women of God in your Bible felt like they could not find God. Job was in a place like that in his life. Job, in your Bible, the story of a very real man who went through the deepest imaginable trouble of any human being possibly has ever faced in the history of the world. He went through a time in his life when he felt like he could not find God. It was not because Job was not a good man. He was an upright man who feared God, and he hated evil. Job was a very godly man. He was also a very wealthy man, the most wealthy man in the land. And then, on a single day, 
Job's net worth was wiped out to nearly nothing. All of his livestock were gone. Some were stolen. Some were killed by fire that fell from the sky. And then in what we would call an act of God, on that very same day when his children were gathered together eating in one of their houses, a wind struck all four corners of the house. The house collapsed and all of Job's children were killed in a moment of time. And you feel like you've had a bad week. People sometimes say, it's the worst. Be careful, because Job had a very bad day. But then Job's trial went from bad to worse. Next, Job was smitten with oozing boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. His pain was so excruciating that Job sat down in a pile of ashes and he took a broken piece of pottery and and scraped the boils of his skin. It was a grotesque sight and sound and smell. Job was at the bottom of his life. Job's wife felt that God had abandoned Job. And so she suggested that Job should just go ahead and curse God and die. It can't get any worse than this. Then Job's close friends came and watched him for several days and finally rationalized, reasoned, and concluded that Job must have problems in his life. Job must be a sinner. They questioned his integrity. They decided that bad things like this only happen to bad people, and they concluded that Job must be hiding some dark sin in his life. Job seemed to be a good man, but these hidden sins must have come to light in the judgment of God. I guess we should be careful about judging other people. As good and as godly as Job was, he went through a time in his life when he could not feel God. Job said his own words, if he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past, I do not perceive him. Job said in verse chapter 23, verse 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat, his seat of power. In his pain and in his perplexity, Job said, Look, I, I go forward, but he is not there. Backward, and I cannot perceive him. Where he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him And when he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Believe me when I say that the story of Job is true to life. Now, we know because we have the privilege of reading his story, not having had to live it, that at the conclusion of the book of Job, it has a happy ending. Job is exonerated. He is blessed with twice as much as he had in the beginning. And Job realized that while there were times that he could not find God, that God always knew where he was and that when God had tried Job, that he would come forth as pure gold. Job was painfully honest. 
when he complained that he could not find God. Now I want to assure you today that God does not play games with the lives of people. But there are good people who at times feel that they cannot find God. It happened to Mary Magdalene on Easter Sunday. Now the New Testament, the Gospels especially, tell us about a number of ladies whose name was Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary of Bethany, one of the sisters of Lazarus. Mary, the mother of James. and Mary, the mother of Joseph. Mary, the wife of Cleophas. Mary, the mother of Mark. Mary of Rome, the other Mary. Some of these may have been the same person. But then there is Mary Magdalene. Do not confuse her with these other women. While she was a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, before her conversion, she was controlled by the power of seven demons, seven devils possessed the body of Mary Magdalene. And these evil spirits caused Mary to go through seasons of sickness and she was stricken with infirmity. But when she met Jesus Christ, he delivered her from the devil and he healed her of her sicknesses and her, her afflictions. Mary was healed. Mary was so grateful for what God had done in her life that she lived out her life in humble gratitude for the Lord delivering her from sin and Satan's grip. Mary's hope was in Jesus Christ. She is described in the Bible as one of the women who gave their substance to Jesus Christ in support of his ministry. She was evidently a woman of some means, perhaps very wealthy. And she followed Jesus with these other disciples and followed the Lord and gave generously to his kingdom. You know, you never know who God will save and how he will use them to further his kingdom. Don't ever write anyone off, even a person who is possessed by the devil. What a story of salvation Mary Magdalene had. She was so devoted to Jesus Christ that she stayed close to him throughout his ministry. And even when the disciples forsook him and fled in their fear, Mary was among the women who stood by the cross and watched as Jesus was crucified. She watched as blood streamed from his head, his hands, his feet, and then later his side. Mary stood there as darkness covered the earth. Mary heard Jesus triumphantly proclaim, It is finished. Mary Watch Jesus bow his head and die. She heard the Roman centurion say, Truly, this was the Son of God. She watched as another soldier took the spear and plunged it into his side, and blood and water flowed out. She felt the earthquake shake the earth, and she saw the events of that day. She watched from a distance. As they took the lifeless broken body of Jesus down from the cross. She followed that small funeral procession with Joseph of Arimathea and others. To watch where Jesus Christ was buried. Then in stunned silence Mary and her close friends sat down 
near the tomb. They wept there. They were stunned by the events of that day. And then, like all good Jews on the next day, the Sabbath day, Mary rested. Early on the third day, before dawn, Mary and her friends made their way toward the tomb. They were returning there and they had plans to mourn the loss of their Lord and then to, to anoint His body with spices. While they're walking there, they're asking one another, when we get there, this task is impossible for who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb? When they got there, to their stunned shock and surprise, the stone was rolled away from the door of the tomb and the body of Jesus Christ was missing. Mary's friends hurried off to tell the other disciples what had happened, but, but Mary had already decided what was happening. She knew what was happening, at least she thought she knew. She heard Jesus talk about his resurrection. She heard him say that he would rise on the third day, but Mary did not believe that it had really happened. She was bewildered and perplexed in her grief over the death of Jesus. She could not process all of this. So Mary Magdalene, all alone, ran to tell Peter and John what had happened. She told them, John 20, the second part of verse 2, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Mary did not believe that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. Mary was convinced in her mind that someone had stolen the body of Jesus Christ and she could not find God. She could not touch him. She could not see him. He had disappeared. Peter and John ran quickly to the tomb. And John, the writer of this book, makes sure we know that he outran Peter. Peter went in first. Mary is running behind them as fast as she can, and eventually she comes to where the tomb is. Peter and John are evidently not there. And when Mary comes to the tomb, Mary is standing there. She's concluded what has happened to Jesus, Mary just knows that they have taken her Lord away. She says to Peter and John, we don't know where they've laid him. Now Mary has this mental image in her mind of how it was when they came and, and kidnapped the body of Jesus. She saw it all happen in her imagination. The story is fixed in her mind and she is sticking to it now she is back at the tomb and she stoops down and looks in and she sees the angels that are there inside the tomb. Mary is talking to angels. And she says to the angels, when they ask her why she is weeping, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. The second time Mary says this, Peter and John, she says it to the angels because she cannot find God. She's talking to the angels in an empty tomb, but her mind is not changed. She is blinded by her perception of the reality. She cannot find God, and 
And now she, she turns herself away from the tomb where she is talking to angels. And she sees a man standing there. Mary, Mary does not recognize him. She presumes that it is the gardener, John 20 and 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, sticking to her story, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Now look, Mr. Gardener, I don't know who took him, and maybe it was you. But if you've taken his body away, just let me know. I'll come claim that body and I will give it a decent burial. Mary was confessing three times, I have lost God and I am desperately trying to find him. In that moment, Jesus called her name, Mary. And when he did, Instantly, Mary recognized who he was and said, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. What a wonderful conclusion. For Mary, the clouds of confusion cleared away. Clarity came, and Mary found God. But have you, have you ever felt like Mary did? Was there ever a time in your life when it felt like you could not find God. Maybe that time is now. I want to assure you that if you have been searching for Jesus Christ, that you can find Him. On this Easter Sunday morning, Jesus will reveal Himself to you. I know there may be obstacles in your way to finding God. They're, they're bigger than that stone that only angels could roll away from the door of the tomb. I've learned that for many people, their preconceived ideas can cloud God's identity and bring confusion. Just as Mary had her own idea about what had happened, maybe you've come to this moment and you've already decided about religion and Christianity and Jesus Christ. And, and you've got a preconceived idea. But I would like to encourage you today to toss it to the side and seek Jesus Christ. I've learned that doubt can discourage people. You should be honest enough to say, Lord, I'm watching a service online right now. I believe, but oh God, help my unbelief. Sometimes faulty information can make it hard to find the Lord. Maybe you've been told some things about the Bible. Maybe you've seen some things. You've heard some things that has sent you in the wrong direction. And, and you've got a story like Mary did and you're sticking to it. Perhaps you're stuck in church tradition. You've been studying this idea of being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You've heard that the Holy Ghost has been received by people with the sign of speaking with other tongues, but from your tradition, that, that's just not the way it's done. But would you kind of push those, that church tradition aside? 
Push your doubt aside. Push your preconceived ideas aside. Go back to the Bible and believe what was written there and what God is doing in the earth today. Jeremiah was right when he penned these words. And if you will seek me and find me, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. On this Easter Sunday morning or whenever you happen to be watching this service, I pray right now that you would diligently go after Jesus Christ. That you would kind of scoop away and push aside everything that has kept you from finding the Lord. And would you pray with all of your heart. If you will feel after him, you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart. Your very first step toward God is to turn to Him in repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. It's asking God to forgive you of all of your sins. You may have questions. You may be battling addictions. You may have issues in your family, your other relationships that have got you all knotted up and you're so stressed out that you don't think that God could ever reach you. You may be paralyzed by confusion in your life and, and there may be so much chaos going on in your world right now you may have so much fear in your mind that you've concluded that there is no cure for you but I want to ask you I want to challenge you today to stop right where you are I've learned that there is no greater way to get to God than to cut through all of that by just saying Lord I'm not at fault for everything that has gone on in my life. But right now today, Lord, I take responsibility for my own sinful actions, for my own wrong attitudes. And Lord, today, I want to ask you, God, that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Turn everything that you are facing and everything you are fighting over to Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you of your sins. If you will confess and forsake your sins, Jesus Christ will forgive you and you can begin praying for him to do that right now. But for a few for a few moments, I want to talk to the believers that are watching right now. Cuz you see Mary Magdalene was a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, but she was in a season in her life she was at a place where the overwhelming evidence made her believe that she could not find God, that he was nowhere around. Mary had those preconceived ideas about Jesus rising from the dead or his body being stolen away. But here is what I know about Mary that I want to suggest for you. When Mary could not find Jesus, she went back to the place where she lost him. She last saw him, his body at the grave at the tomb. And Mary went back there. And when she went back to the tomb, that is where she would find him. If you love God and you cannot find him, would you go back to where you lost him? If you lost God at your prayer life, then go back to prayer. If you lost him 
when you allowed sin to build up in your life without confessing your sins, then go back to repentance and God will forgive you. If you lost him when you refused to forgive someone who had wronged you, then go back and forgive the person who hurt you. If you lost him when church just became a ritual and you worshipped going through the motions and you gave lip service to God but your heart was far from Him, I would encourage you to go back to sincere, heartfelt worship. If you lost Him when Jesus Christ asked you for self-denial and yet you chose self-will, then I want to encourage you to go back to a place of submission. If you lost him in dis disillusionment, when he did not answer your prayers as you thought he should, when things did not go the way you thought they would, would you go back and honor his sovereignty and remember his wisdom and regain sight of the fact that he loves you more than you could ever imagine? And I want to especially say today to you who are watching this message, if you lost him when you walked away from apostolic doctrine, if you lost him when you walked away from apostolic identity, would you go back to the Bible? And would you go back to the truth that for many of you is your roots, that you walked away and you've lost him and you do not know where to find him? I want to encourage you to make the trip all the way back to your father's house. Don't settle for being a fringe saint on the outside looking in. Don't settle for a church that claims to embrace the Spirit while distancing themselves from this truth of God's Word that many of you full well know. When you can't find God, your soul is at stake. So today, whatever it takes, do whatever it takes to find him. And once again, as Mary did, if you really want to find Jesus Christ, then you need to go back to where you lost him. And if you will search for him there, he will find you. I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, I come right now on this Easter Sunday and I am praying that you would reveal yourself to people who are hungry for you right now. Just as you revealed yourself to Mary Magdalene, the very first person you revealed yourself to after your resurrection. I pray in Jesus' name to the person that has lost their faith, has given up their hope, Struggling with no peace. Maybe they've lost their first love. Today, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us of our sins. Forgive me, Lord God, for choosing my own way, for trying to create you in my image, and for trying to reconfigure truth, Lord, to fit the culture. 
I pray, Lord, right now that in thousands of sites around the globe that you would let people who are listening to Sunday sermons on Easter let them turn their heart back to you. In a season, Lord God, where a disease has afflicted thousands of people, we know, Lord, that sin is killing millions and it will claim the lives of billions in eternity. So right now, Jesus, I pray, oh God, I desperately pray right now. And I invite, oh God, every person to open their mouth now, to lift their voice in their homes, with their family, or if they're at Church of One right now, would you please cry out to God right now? Would you cry out to God? And in your home or wherever you are right now, would you come to an altar of prayer and salvation? Would you lift your voice to God? And after you've repented of your sins, would you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right where you are? Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. In Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Be renewed in the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. Everywhere would you shout to the Lord. Would you lift your voice to God right now? Before we even sing right now, let the Holy Ghost fall. It happened on the day of Pentecost. It fell in the house where they were sitting. And I pray that it would fall in your house right now. Oh, hallelujah. 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 That's it. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. He is risen from the dead. He has raised us from the death of sin. And we come to his altar right now. Receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. And being renewed in the spirit today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Really engage with the Lord right now. Hallelujah. That's it. Continue to pray in your home where you are right now. If your mind is having words come to you that is in a language you do not understand, if your lips want to say words that you do not understand, that is the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the Lord is filling you with the Spirit right now. Go ahead and boldly speak it out. Speak out in a language you never learned, just as they did on the day of Pentecost. Let the Holy Ghost come on you right now. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. On Easter Sunday, it's happening to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep praying right now. Keep worshiping in your home. Let God be the Lord of your life.
Amen. This is what you do when you can't find God because you can find Him and know Him today. And when you search for Him with all of your heart, He will actually find you. God bless you. Let this be the greatest Easter in the history of your life.